I use clippers. <laughs> do, do you really it's a fucking jungle down there. Do you really shave them? I don't shave them. I clip them. Have you seen how hairy my face is? Not picture everywhere else. You know, Kevin. I just want to let you know <laughs> this has been recording, and we like to do those things before the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's a manscape.com. Come on and sponsor us. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. All right, mute, mute, mute. Everyone, mute. I couldn't find my mute button. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We Who needs a mixtape? You Who makes a mixtape? We Who needs a mixtape? You Oh my god, I'm being distracted by text messages and cool pictures and almost missed the intro. <laughs> Nice. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. And I'm Twisted Good Matt. And Matt was sending us over. We have some, uh, we've been working on some keychains and some lapel pins. They look awesome. Yeah, they look really great. Ultra, ultra limited edition. And, uh, things. So. Yeah. So I want to put this out. Um, actually, this, this episode as it releases, this episode's probably going to have released a couple of days early, earlier than what you guys are used to. Uh, we've been going out on Mondays, um, but this one's probably, if you're listening to this, might have went out on Friday, and I wanted to do that because we want to tell you one more time about Horror Hound Weekend, which is happening this weekend of the 24th, and we are going to be out there. If you guys can make it to Horror Hound out in Cincinnati, Ohio, please come out, look for us, meet us. Uh, we're going to be out there having a good time. You should come out and have a good time as well. Horrorhoundweekend.com is where you want to go to find out all about it. But there may be a chance if you can find us out there and you hit us up, uh, not everyone, but one or two lucky people may get a prize or two, maybe a sticker or uh, maybe even uh, we might give away one keychain or something really cool. So uh, yeah. try to find us and uh, we'll uh, we'll put you on the spot, ask you uh, to say stay awesome into the camera or something, and then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, best way to follow us is online. We've got all our social medias out there, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, TikTok. We are on all of those. Best way to find that is by going to the website, your, uh, themixtapepod.com. I almost said your mixtape podcast. That is our email address. Uh, themixtapepod.com is the best way. Go over there, find uh, lists to our, our playlist for all the episodes we do. You'll find information about the show. You'll find our link tree. You can scan that, and uh, that'll take you to our social medias. We also have some merchandise available over there. So please go over, check that out. If you have the chance to do so, we would greatly appreciate it. Last thing before we kick off this episode, we have a phone number. Please call us and leave us a voicemail. It is a voicemail line. We would greatly appreciate hearing from you guys. We love hearing from you guys. We've received a couple over uh, the last few months, and they're always fun to have on the show. Matt, do you want to tell the folks at home what that voicemail line is so they can actually call it? Sure thing. Hey, everybody. If you'd like to call 
<laughs> call and leave us a voicemail. The number is 513-437-2377. That's 513-HERAD77. Uh, call and leave us your best slide whistle impersonation. Just do it, you know, kind of like with your mouth. Just do a little... Uh, Just do it with your mouth. You know, whistling thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Um, so, yeah, that's the phone number to call us. keeps going (laughs) all right so we have a very exciting interview uh for you today this is a good one um you know we've gotten we've had the opportunity to talk to some really cool people we have some more people uh planned in the future but uh, every once in a while we just i don't know what it is we get to talk to some people that it's like kind of iconic i feel like this is an iconic episode it's very bizarre because um i guess considered a one hit wonder, but uh, not really the band still out there. And this one hit wonder, as we will call it is such a massive hit. And we talk about that yeah. with Jacob here on the show. Um, let's just put it this way. We had the opportunity to speak with Jacob Slitcher from the band Semisonic. Uh, it was delightful. It was truly delightful. Everyone knows the song closing time. We all know it. Uh, it's been played in like every club across America uh, it was featured in an episode of the op the office the office. It was it was. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hit the button. Yep. Hit. Son of a bitch. Hey everybody, have you heard? It was featured in an episode of The Office. Uh, heck, we've we've talked about it here on the show before. Our, our first one hit wonders of the '90s episode. We talk about it. Here's the thing: that song, um, and the band Semisonic, and the band's drummer Jacob Slitcher, all have incredibly fascinating backgrounds. Like all of them, everything that's entangled with yeah. this band, with with Jacob, with this song itself, are they're just fascinating. The backgrounds behind them. So, Matt. Yeah. Kevin, Semisonic. Yep. These guys came out of Minneapolis back in 1995. Yeah. And uh, if I remember right, it was Dan Wilson playing vocals. Playing vocals. Jeez. <laughs> he played them. Singing <laughs> vocals and playing guitar. Uh, John Munson played bass and Jacob was on drums. Yeah. Jacob is the drummer. And like I said, we had the opportunity to speak to him, which was cool. Um these guys started on a small indie label out of Boston. They're just another band out of Boston. And a couple of years later, they hit it big with their second album, which was uh, Feeling Strangely Fine. Do you, you like the Boston reference, do you? They hit it big with their uh, second album, Feeling Strangely Fine. Yeah, that was the album that featured Closing Time. Yes. And, uh, yeah, th- this song was massive. It ended up being yeah. number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Charts. And it got certified gold and nominated for a Grammy back in 1999. It's pretty amazing to me when a band like hits like this and they like they have this song that's so big and the song is like nominated for a Grammy. And then we don't, you know, they're still around. I like I think people mm-hmm. need to pay attention yeah. to the fact that they are still around. Um, that song that the closing time wouldn't quit, man. This song wouldn't quit. In 2011, after being featured in the movie Friends with Benefits, and that episode of The Office that I just talked about. Uh, it, sort of. It actually hit the charts once again uh, after being featured and all that. And this is 2011 at this point. In three different countries, this song hits the charts. Uh, the band has split and reunited a couple of times over the years with their most recent release dropping back in 2020. And that was the EP 
You're Not Alone. Yeah, they've been on a number of soundtracks too. Like you mentioned, they were on Friends with Benefits in yeah. The Office. Um, they're also in the movie Long Kiss Goodnight from 1996. I love that movie. And 10 Things I Hate About You from 99. Love that movie. And For the Love of the Game with Kevin Costner in 1999. Uh, American Pie and Summer Catch, just to name a few. Yeah. They were, they were on a big streak during 1999, man. They were in like a crap yeah. of movies. And good movies, because Long Kiss Goodnight is great. Ten Things I Hate About You is great. For Love of the Game is a pretty good yeah. movie, too. I'm not a, an American Pie fan, but... Neither am yeah. I. That's just me, man. Yeah. I, I know those movies just do... Just a weird, weird movie. I know yeah. people love those. They keep those they're just, I think they're still making they them, are. too. Yeah, they are. They yeah. made them like a year or two ago. Uh, they've also had a number of side projects. Dan Wilson and John Munson had the flops, uh, along with Wilson's brother, Matt Wilson, uh, Munson and Matt Wilson had the twilight hours. Uh, Munson played with a jazz trio, the new standards. Dan Wilson had a solo album called free life under Rick Rubin's American recording label. So they've been doing a lot of stuff out there. So again, um, it's one of those things where closing time hit really big. And, you know, I think they're probably fairly happy about that. I, I mean, we talked to Jacob and, I did, yeah. you know, sometimes some would say they're feeling strangely fine. Oh, God. Such a mm-hmm. Well, sometimes mm-hmm. we talk to these these bands or <laughs> we don't. But sometimes people will talk to these bands that have a quote unquote one hit wonder. We should probably establish what a technical one hit wonder is. It's just yeah. a song that hits the charts within the top. Usually, I think, well, depending on who you talk to, it's within the top 100, but some people will say within the top 50 or 60. It doesn't mean they weren't popular. It doesn't mean they didn't sell a lot of albums. Obviously, these guys were nominated for a Grammy Award, for Pete's sake. Um, it just means, for whatever reason, that one hit. Sometimes you'll talk to people, and they're very like, they don't like talking about it. It makes them angry, that one song. Uh, Night Ranger yeah. with Sister Christian, for example. But... Sometimes I think people have a lot of respect for what the song allows them to do. And I would argue that Jacob's going to talk about like some of the hoops they had to jump through to get closing time out there because it wasn't like a normal release for them. But it has probably helped them. He is a he's a renaissance man. We talked to him about this. He's done all kinds of stuff. He makes us sound more stupid than we make ourselves sound. Yeah, the dude's amazing. Just say that. He's incredibly smart. You know, author, he's a he's a professor, just all kinds of stuff. But I think he probably understands that this song has allowed them the opportunity to kind of do the things they want to do now because it's you know, they're it's a really cool thing, and I think we kind of touch base with him on this in the interview, to be able to like this thing that we did is going to always be remembered because everyone always uses it. It's just that kind of iconic. They've released like a massively iconic song, like, and it's, there's just no way to get around that. So, um, let's let Jacob talk to you. Let's let him tell you uh, all about himself. And, and, uh, it was a good time talking to him. We enjoyed it a lot, but, uh, he's going to say it was like Matt said, way more succinctly than we ever could. So let's go ahead and kick into the interview. Uh, the three of us will come back after that. We'll give you some closing thoughts, um, tell you where you can follow some stuff online. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, let's go ahead and let Jacob talk. So here we go. Here is Jacob Slitcher from the band Semisonic. Nobody knows it, but you've got a secret smile, and you use it only for me. Nobody knows it. Well, 
Well, sir, we appreciate you coming on with us for a few minutes today. I've uh, been looking forward to Absolutely. talking to you. We like to start at the beginning with everybody. This might be a little more interesting with you. Um, so just you're a, you're a Harvard graduate, correct? That's right. And your degree is not music related at all. Um, no, I started out as a music major and um, I even went to Berkeley School of Music for a year. And then I got into kind of a fight with the Harvard Music Department or not really a fight. I was just um, they told me before I went to Berkeley, they were going to give me credit for it. And then they decided afterwards not to give me credit. And um, I just kind of thought, well, I know where this is headed. <laughs> so um, I uh, left the music department. I ended up majoring in Afro-American studies and history. So the reason we bring this up, we one of the things we like to do when we have people on the show is we like to find out like what their early influences were, how they found themselves in music. So it was interesting to me to see that what you went to school for, obviously you did go to school for music, but that it it varied so differently from music. Um, how did you get started in like in the world of music? Like what were your early influences and how old were you when you, when you really kind of first discovered that love? Well, I was in second grade when I started playing cello and piano, which I instantly loved. And it meant a huge amount to me. I started playing drums in fifth grade. I would say somewhere between the second and fifth grade is when I started listening to sort of AM top 40 radio on my own. You know, I think at some point in there, I got my own transistor radio and I, I started listening to stations other than the sort of news station that my parents would listen to and um, really fell in love with, you know, pop music. And probably within the realm of pop music, the, the music that sort of spoke most powerfully to me was like soul and funk. And in high school, I got into a funk band um, and that experience, and this was with sort of much more um, experienced musicians. I was like the second youngest guy in the band sure. and by far the worst musician. <laughs> and um, But that experience really... Um, awoke my desire to become a professional musician. So were, I mean, were there, were, was your family musical? Were you around music a lot growing up or? You know, my older brother played viola and my next older brother played trombone and my younger sister played piano. But I think like, like being in school orchestra and band was, was, a, a, you know, a pretty normal profile for our family. But then I think like, playing in a band and then like traveling out of state for shows in high school probably started to step outside of that sure. envelope a little bit, push that envelope. So I think it was at that point that I was sort of not sort of following in everybody else's footsteps, but sort of finding my own path. What's funny. Cause if you look like, if you look at you and, and the other guys in in the band, you guys are all pretty eclectic on what you play. It's not like you guys are, it's not like one instrument or you guys have one position in the band. It looks like you guys all do a lot, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I think it's, it does fit a certain kind of profile of musician though. I think most rock musicians are very nerdy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they're really, they really are. If you find them on the road, they're reading books or they're with their instruments yeah. or they're, listening to some kind of music that has nothing to do with the music for which they're known or they're going to an art show or they're 
looking at some film, you know, some classic independent film they've never seen. You know, they, I think musicians really do have this sort of art nerd thing about them generally. And I think this is even true of rock musicians, though I don't think that's the popular image of the rock musician. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, because we, we talk to a bunch of different people on the show, and I never noticed that trend till you just mm-hmm. said it. But everything you just said, someone has brought up like... I, I was thinking yeah, the same thing. Yeah, it's like, yep. I, oh, I'm always reading when I'm on the bus or... You know, I, I like to, I listen to this style of music a lot and it's nothing like what we play or, yeah. yeah so I never really caught that trend before you just mentioned it, but now that you say it, I've heard it, it a lot. So. Yeah. It, I found yeah, a lot of metal be, guys tend to listen to like bluegrass and yeah. things like that and just unexpected, like completely different from what you yeah. normally see them listening to. I think that one thing that all artists are trying to do is they're trying to figure out how to hack creativity. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, you know, you're always like, interested in how movies get made and books get written and paintings get made and sculptures. And, you know, you're always like trying to hear how other people did their thing and see what lessons you can steal and make your own. (laughs) So that, that sort of explains it to me. I think the other thing is, is that to be a musician, you have to have sort of a, a very solid inner life. Yeah. Or, or you have to have an inner space, that you feel comfortable occupying. I think people like that tend to be people who can just disappear down rabbit holes that have to do with art. That's fair. I think, I think that's pretty apt. Uh, Matt and I have both grown up knowing and being in households and being around musicians most of our lives. So um, I think that's pretty apt. So you're not just a musician though. You are, you are an author, um, a professor, uh, you're kind of a renaissance man, <laughs> as it goes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your book, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star? Yeah, it's a, it's a memoir about my, you know, the, the sort of the first 10 years of my career with Semisonic. It started out as just a series of blog posts while we were on the road. You know, I was, I've, I'm a songwriter, but um, I'm not as prolific as Dan and my bandmate. I wanted to have sort of an outlet for my writing. So I started writing little blog posts about our life on the road. And then in 2001, when we decided to sort of take a, a break from things as, as, as sort of working as a band, um, I decided, okay, I'm going to try and make this into a book, which is what I did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. cool. Um, we talked to, uh, Shania Salt from White Zombie a while back and very similar kind of stuff. I think for her, she was it was photography that she was really into, but she found the same thing. I know Matt and I were talking about it the other day and kind of curious how these things come up. While she was on the road, she was always taking photos, and it sort of evolved uh, the same way. So, again, it kind of goes back to that what you were just saying. It's like you're when you're out there, you're always looking for like other ways, other creative outlets and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool that uh, – that you that you wrote the book and that it's out there for people to read. Yeah, well, you know, it's also interesting, and and this is something I've taken into my teaching is that when I wrote the book, of course, I was, I mean, I had written plenty, but I was, I had never sort of thought of myself as the kind of person who writes a book, and I found that as I started sitting down and trying to do that, I stole so much of what I, I imported so much of what I had learned as a musician into the process of writing that book. So for instance, you know, don't make this intro too long. 
you know, is there a pattern here that I can leverage? You know, in my book, I sort of noticed there were the, the book sort of alternated between quiet chapters that were sort of about the behind the scenes and the recording studio and things like that. And then there were the louder chapters that were sort of about our public life and our touring and performances. And I sort of thought of that, those contrasts as being like verses and choruses. That's kind of cool. Oh. And at a certain point I thought, you know, well, the, the, what this book needs is a bridge. So I dropped a, a short bridge in there. <laughs> um, and that was just purely sort of songwriting instinct that had nothing to do with any knowledge of writing books. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah cool way to come at like, it. Songwriting yeah. as a way of uh, book writing as well, or book writing as a way of songwriting. It's kind of never really thought of it that way. Of, you know, you got to have beginning, middle, and end, and you know something to bridge the two things. So, what were the early days like with Semisonic? How did you guys get together, and what really like kicked you guys off as far as like getting out there and getting your music heard? Um, Dan and John had played in a band called Trip Shakespeare, which was a really uh, which was a national act from Minneapolis, uh, where we all lived at the time. And um, they were on AM records when I moved to Minneapolis. And then there were some hiccups, and uh, AM dropped Trip Shakespeare. And soon after that, Trip Shakespeare, you know, they took a hiatus, but it sort of felt like a, a breakup. And meanwhile, Dan and John and I had been sort of doing what we thought of as sort of a side project, uh, not a competition with anything they were doing in Trip Shakespeare, just something on the side that was an outlet for other kinds of musical ideas they wanted to, to, to pursue. So when Trip Shakespeare broke up, um, there was a vacuum and we just decided, okay, well, let's, let's just make this our main thing, which it was, it was, it was basically Dan and John saying, okay, this is going to be our main thing now. Cause it yeah. definitely was my main thing. I had nothing. So we started, you know, in 1992 in the, in the summer and fall of 1992. And because they had been on AM and had shopped around for um, record deals with other labels, Dan and John knew a bunch of people in the business the journey from getting, you know, I would say we, we had a record deal less than two years after we started, oh. <laughs> which is a really abbreviated, you know, yeah, yeah ex express yeah. lane kind of experience yeah. for a band. But I think it's because, number one, Dan and John knew a bunch of people. I think maybe more importantly, Dan's songs and, and just our sound was the kind of thing that um, caught the ears of the A&R people at that sure. time. Yeah. I I have to ask, this is one of those questions you've probably been asked a hundred times, but where did the name of the band come from? It came from a um, conversation that Dan had with a friend of ours, a singer-songwriter from Minneapolis named Aaron Seymour, who... Um, front he he used to front a band called the delilahs and before that a band called the widgets and um they were just having a beer in a bar and some band came over the radio i can't remember which band it was and and aaron said why is everything on the radio these days this semi this semisonic bullshit <laughs> and dan <laughs> smiled and he sort of wrote down that word uh which he found amusing 
And then we had to find a band name and that's kind of what we came up with. I think it appealed to us because it had that sort of Midwestern, not talking too big about yourself kind of thing about it. You know, I think it was, and that was sort of ironic because I think we think of ourselves as very ambitious, but I think the name sort of had a little bit of a wink towards a sort of, Midwestern self-deprecating stance. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Uh, it's always fun finding the sources of band names for yeah, us. So, yeah. Like we, we've heard some pretty interesting stories well, about how some of them come it's up. It's fun and, because we'll yeah, hear a, a story. A lot of them are in bars. Yeah. A lot of them <laughs> are in bars. The hard thing about a band name is um, you can't workshop it. You can't focus group it. You yeah. just have to choose it. Yeah. No one's going to like it. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to like it until everyone likes it. Yeah. Um, or, or, and even then everyone won't like it. So you just have to just, you just have to make your decision and, and not look back. Yeah. I want to say, I don't remember. I read an article once. I I, want to say it was matchbox 20. I can't really remember, but, uh, it kind of just happened. And I know one of the guys said, so that's our name. Sometimes we love it. Sometimes we hate it, but that's what it is. And I, I've always thought that's probably fairly apropos to everyone in a band where it's like moments where you're like, it's a great name. And other times you're like, why did we think of that? <laughs> so I've always, liked, I've always thought that was pretty funny. So we have to talk about closing time for a minute. I mean, this song itself has become one of those songs that's just iconic. Obviously, the world picked it up and ran with it like crazy. It's part of the zeitgeist at this point. I mean, which is gotta be kind of a cool thing to know that you've cemented something in history that was on the office for Pete's sake. (laughs) Um, And I know I've heard you talk a little bit in the past about how the song came about and what it meant for the band. Cause I know it wasn't the Avenue that you guys took to have this song released was a little different than, than what most people do. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? So we, we, you know, we recorded our second album in Minneapolis and mixed it in LA and we thought we had some great songs on there and closing time was right at the top of the list. Yeah. And, um, we handed in our album, uh, which had closing time and a few other songs on it that became singles. But the, the people on the, at the label said, we don't hear any singles. Uh, we want you to record something new and then maybe that can be the single. And our manager, Jim told Dan, just don't answer the phone for the next month. <laughs> so we, we, we sort of dodged the record company's calls. Meanwhile, the, the incoming head of the radio department uh, was a woman named Nancy Levin. And she heard closing time and w- stormed into her boss's office and said, you guys are nuts. This is a smash and I'm going to get it. Uh, I'm going to get it on the radio. And I think, I don't know if it was that day. It it might've been that very day. She drove across town to K rock, which is sort of the most powerful alternative rock station in the country. It's been brought up on the show several times. Yeah, and, yes. and she got it and she took it to the program director who was a guy named, uh, I think it was a guy named Kevin Weatherly played it for him. And he added it that very day. Nice. <laughs> it's one of those things. I know this, that song in particular has become, like I said, extremely popular. I'm, I'm a little partial to secret smile myself, but mm-hmm. um, it's hard to not like, 
every every club you go into wants to play that song, you know, at the end of the night. And of course, like I said, it was on The Office, and it's an iconic scene on The Office. But that's not really what the song is about, correct? It's actually an analogy for something else altogether. Well, it, it is about a bar closing, but but I think while Dan was writing it, he realized what the deeper meaning really might be, and that was uh, about a baby being born. Yeah. Um, because um, he and his wife were expecting a baby at that time. And so there are some lines in the song that only make sense it, when interpreted through that second <laughs> meaning. Like, this room won't be open till your brothers and sisters come. Yeah. That's that doesn't really work for a bar, but that does make sense if you're thinking about being bounced from the womb and then being cut off, as in like the umbilical cord is being snipped and things like that. So I think that um, there is this quality of the song. I think for people who don't even know that, even if it's surprising, they are not surprised that the song has meanings, possible meanings beyond just bars being closed right. because, you know, class you know class uh graduations are you know people you know high school and college graduations people use closing time yeah people use closing time at a retirement party you know it's sort of milestone like events the song is sort of feels like it can be used and so i think that people are not surprised to find out that people are surprised to find out that it's about a baby being born, <laughs> but they're not unused to the idea that the, the song can have meanings beyond just a bar closing. Right. You guys came on the scene right around the, the heels of the grunge movement and, you know, people were looking for something a little bit less moody and, you know, did that affect your style at all? Change anything up the way you were approaching songwriting? No. Um, I mean, we were trying to get signed when the record labels were trying to sign the next Nirvana. Yeah. So yeah. we were, we didn't have as much interest uh, as, uh, w as wide an interest um, across the label world as we had hoped, but we did have some, a few people who sort of said, well, this is different and this is what we, sh you know, we want to, we want to, we, we want to check these guys out because this is different. So, um, no, we didn't, I, I mean, I think that there was just no way we were ever going to sound legitimately grungy. We couldn't, that's just yeah. not in us. Um, I don't play drums like Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dan doesn't sing like Kurt Cobain. And, you know, our songs were sort of emotionally brighter than what the, the grunge world was turning out. And, and it wasn't like we had any... Uh, I mean, like we listened to all those bands. We sure. loved all those bands. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think if we could have sounded like a cross between my bloody Valentine and swerve driver and, you know, something maybe a little bit more cool and electronic, we would have definitely, we, we would have dialed that up immediately, but we had to just be who we were. Great guys, bands, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys, I don't know. I, like you said, you're coming out 92, right on the, this is when the grunge thing's kind of in its swing. And it's nice, in my opinion, it was nice to have something, like you said, a little brighter, a little, a little more uplifting to, to, to go to. I, I like Nirvana. Don't do not misunderstand me, but I can't, if you listen to an, a whole, a whole Nirvana yeah. album, you're going to need to pick me up and you're going <laughs> to yeah, need something. 
okay, I need a attention breaker here. Let's let's put on something happy. <laughs> something please please make me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, every, everybody's got their own thing, but I mean, I definitely have plenty of friends who can do Nirvana all day long. Sure. I so, have them too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, but I need a, a semisonic every once in a while, man. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> a little bit of a palate cleanser. Yeah, once it in makes a while. me feel better about life. Yeah. So <laughs> I just I've like I've just always kind of appreciated you guys to the like I said to the degree that I can sit down and, and listen to your stuff and, and just kind of walk away feeling like, I don't know, we all know music about, is about emotion. It is, it's why most of us listen to music is to feel something. And I can kind of walk away and uh, feel a little bit better. It's real interesting to hear, like you said, that some of the songs that everybody assumed they knew what it was about, but then when you really listen to it a little deeper, maybe there's something else in there. So I've always kind of appreciated that. So I think it's a good thing. So... I know you guys had a couple of albums out. I know you guys released an album back in like 2000, early 2000s, right? Uh, what, if anything, have you guys been up to recently? Well, we released an EP in 2020 called You're Not Alone. Yeah. And um, we're going to release some music this year. I'm not sure whether it will be. I, I, I am thinking it will probably be an album. I'm not sure exactly uh, when it will be released, but, um, you know, we've been working hard over the past couple of years on a new record and, um, we're, and we, we've been recording on and off. I'm going to do some more recording this weekend, going out to LA next week. So lots of, lots of work going on behind the scenes with Semisonic. And then we're going to be out this summer, uh, for the first half of a tour with the Bare Naked Ladies nice. and Delamitri. Oh, um, okay. and we'll be on the sort of first half of that tour, which will be in the Midwest and West. So we're looking forward to that too. I actually saw that you guys are going to be out with them and I'm going to try to make that show. So I'm pretty excited. And about I'm looking it. up the dates. Myself. <laughs> checking dates out right now. Uh, and I, I totally glossed over it earlier and I meant to ask you about it. So you, you're a professor too, correct? That's right. It's Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. Um, what, what are you a professor in? I teach writing. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I assume you're still doing that as well? Yes, I am. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing it for 10 years, and I love it. I, I really um, I find it so rewarding. I love my students. I have a great class this semester. Yeah, I, I think one of the things it allows me to do is to try to be the professor I felt I needed in college. That's cool. And that's, so that's a really, that's a really nice opportunity to have. It's again, coming back to these weird kind of themes that I noticed, you know, my, my mother was a, she was an English teacher, um, and was always in a band, was always, always in a band there. They had a Christian rock band back in the day. They had a couple of classic rock bands. Um, my, my stepfather owned a recording studio. So again, we start to see themes that I've never really sat down and paid attention to, but they're, they're definitely there. So it's, it's really cool to hear you say that stuff. So, well, and I come from a family, a, you know, a family of academics, that's the same sort of cycle looping back. And yeah, it's interesting. Cause I didn't, I didn't come to it until late in life. You know, it was definitely sort of like a later career kind of move, but I really, I, it is a really wonderful kind of work. 
you're a very giving individual. First, you gave us great music, then a book. Okay. Now you're giving knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Teaching people how to write. That's awesome. <laughs> that is pretty cool, actually. So. so, All right. So we're about to come to the weird part of the show. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> you're like, wait, what have we been this doing? Was, this wasn't weird? <laughs> yeah. This is when I uh, we hand, Strap in. <laughs> we hand the reins over to Matt for the three questions. Matt, do you want to do you want to grab this? Uh, yeah. All right. So three questions. The first one being, have you ever met or had any experience with David Byrne from the talking heads? My sister-in-law's brother was the road manager for the heads and, uh, and is actually in the movie. Stop making sense. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. He just uh, made Jay a very happy person. He did. Yeah. So, I mean, um, but no, I never met David. Still have That'd some connection. Awesome. It's weird. Yeah. We've the reason we ask these these two questions. Um, yeah, even if it's a stretch, there's usually there's a connection. some kind of weird connection to a couple of people that we have yeah. found. I, they just must. Yeah, yeah and they I, they I, travel through weird interdimensional portals David with Byrne. each other. Yeah, you know, David Byrne in particular. I, I'm Facebook friends with Chris and um, have messaged with him a little oh, bit. That's... We've talked about our favorite drummers, you know, sort of in private. conversation uh, online um and he's a super great guy that's fantastic my um my it was not i will be honest it was not the talking talking head version but my wife and i are both huge talking heads fans and um our wedding song was actually uh naive melody so i'm like yeah so it was a softer version of it so yeah so kind of along the same lines this is another uh celebrity encounter have you ever met or interacted with Weird Al Yankovic? Well, never met Al, but he did a parody of Closing Time, so <laughs> I feel like that's even better than meeting him. That That is uh, right up there. That's pretty we've, cool. We've had a couple people who've had parodies done by Weird Al, actually. Yep. Yeah, oh. it's another one of those weird things. He just seems to uh, pop up, up all over the place. I, I, yeah. I, and then the weirdest question of all. But I think it tells a lot about the person answering. It. Okay. <laughs> and don't don't feel weird about this because we've literally started asking everybody and everybody feels weird about it. So if you were a Muppet, which one would you be? And if you could expand on it, tell us why. It's tempting to say animal just because animal is the drummer. <laughs> um, but I think as a, a writer and memoirist, I think Kermit, Kermit. is going to be my choice All right. because I, th- I think of Kermit as somebody who's being self-reflective and being self-reflective in front of other people. So yeah. I, I kind of think that that's what the job of a memoirist is. So yeah. I, I guess I'm going to roll with Kermit. I like and- it. I'm a, a I'm good, a Kermit. Choice. I'm a Kermit. I think we're all a little bit of Gonzo, but I, yeah, I am a Kermit with a little Gonzo. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the you know the, the I don't know if you've seen online the um, outtakes from the Muppet movie when they were sort of just doing film screen tests, and it's uh, it's Kermit and Fozzie, and they're sort of out by a tree and just sort of ad libbing a conversation. Just genius. I mean, it's the, the ad lib. I'll be looking that up. Anybody later. who wants to know what yes and, you know, the rule of, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> of uh, improv is, it's just so rewarding to watch. And the fact that it's puppeteers doing it. So they're not only just making up dialogue, 
but they're actually having to animate a, a hand puppet. At the yeah, same I think time. for them, but, but they are so they are such virtuosos, of course, that yeah. they, they just probably think of it as all one thing. Yeah, yeah. it just becomes like an extension. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and like I said, that's a, it's a very odd question, but it just kind of <laughs> one it just got naturally brought up, and the Muppets have been mentioned in some form yeah. several times on this show. Of, yeah. Well, yeah. what we found is we would we would ask people like. This is no lie. We would ask a lot of musicians what were some of your early influences, and we would get answers like the Muppets. Yeah, Muppets, H.R. Puff and stuff. And I guess it uh, makes sense. Not H.R. Puff and stuff. Get them out of here. <laughs> no, the Muppets. Yeah, nightmare for sure. fuel. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it makes sense when well, like when you consider we were all kids, right? And this was some of our early, like this is this is stuff that like comes in it's very kid friendly to a degree very adult friendly to yeah. another but it's playing. well that's what i think actually what distinguishes the muppets is that it's it's not talking down to kids right yeah it's actually made with the intention of also entertaining adults should they be watching yes that's why and kids know can detect the richness so like most of the Looney Tunes cartoons were made for adults. Yes. Yeah. Kids love them. And, and I grew up on it. It's like literature as far as I'm concerned. And I think one of the reasons why it had such staying power is precisely because it was made with this sort of, it, it was not mushed peas and mushed corn in, by way of cartoons. Right. It was actually really like, it was food that required chewing and, you know, yeah, some work and it, it, and it pays off. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it introduced like a lot of us at a young age to, to music that was, you know, a little bit of rock in there, you know, it was. Yeah. No, the Muppets are awesome. Yeah. They're fantastic. And I, I think it's cool that every few years they get like a resurgence. I think people just start missing them and kind of want them back and they get a resurgence and it's so. So we really thank you for taking a few minutes with us. It's it's yeah. it's always awesome to get to speak to people and find out like, you know, we get to talk to different musicians and find out like where they got their start and what influences them. That's really why we do this. We're fans first. We yeah. we're literally fans first and we we want to know why people do what they do. But before we do let you go, can you take a moment kind of let the people at home know where they can find your book, where they might be able to find out more about you and the band? My book can be found at most booksellers. Um, it's definitely available online. Yeah. But you don't have to buy it from the evil empire. You can go to your local independent store and get it or order it. The band is, you just Google Semisonic and you'll find all of our social media. Um, we're, sometimes we're Semisonic Band um, on our various, on the various platforms. And um, I think we have semisonic.com as our website and mm-hmm. you can sign up there to be on our email list and get heads up on recordings and tour info and often special um, access to tickets and things like that. And um, I have a blog, which um, I update from time to time. That is uh, portablephilosophy.com, where I, uh, muse about music, writing, film, all various art forms and the connections between them. 
And uh, I, I will add something else in that I just uh, discovered on your guys' website. Uh, you can actually get autographed copies of your book on your website directly from there. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Well, also, if you want, I'm sure that you could get a book at an independent bookstore and bring it to the show and try to get it signed somewhere, probably. Then you can get it personalized. Uh, yeah. Get it personalized. Yeah. That'd be cool. So, yeah. <laughs> And again, going to be touring this summer with Bare Naked Ladies and Delamitri. So you guys be looking for that. Yeah. Go to their website, find out where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, and go out and see them. Um, Simasonic is a great band. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies, I've seen them live as well. Great band. So you guys are in for a good time if you can make it out to that show. So do it. Do it. <laughs> um, Jacob, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It was really fun. Bye-bye. Aw, snap. We have a sponsor. I want to be clear. This is a cool sponsor, and you you really should just go check them out. Like, legit. BustedTees.com. They have a huge selection of geeky hats, T-shirts, stickers, and socks. Themes from Star Wars and Star Trek to Harry Potter, Pac-Man, Back to the Future, other video game references, just all kinds of geeky, cool culture. You're definitely going to find something there that speaks to your inner geek. Here's the deal. At checkout, you're going to see a spot to enter a code. Type in my name, that's Jason, followed by the number 25945. That's Jason25945. Get a pretty sweet discount. There's a link over on the website or head over to bustedtees.com and enter Jason25945 at checkout. Bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. And there you have it. And now it's time to close this show out. One might say it's closing time. <laughs> I Man, I knew you were going to do it. I knew it was coming. This is a really good interview. Uh, we have uh, most of our interviews are enjoyable for us. Uh, I think that we've come across a couple of people where it's been like we don't really know what to expect when we have the chance to talk to them, and then we get to learn so much more than we bargained for. And there's we get to see the depth of some of these creators and these in these musicians and these actors, and it's like, oh my god, like talking to Steven Tobolowski, it's like, man, this dude is deep. It has like stories for days. And then we talked to like yeah. Jimbo Mathis and it's like, oh my God, this dude's like upbringing is, it's almost like a book in and of itself. Yeah. And then we get to talk to Jacob and it's like, oh my God, this dude has done so much. He has, he has uh, contributed to society in so many ways. And it's just really cool. Have a really good time doing it. Uh, we, I feel pretty lucky sometimes to be honest. Yeah, that we get we, to do. We have some. We have, we have good times. Some of the things we get to yeah, do. Good times. Yeah, good, good times. times. Is a show we will need to good talk times. about someday. It makes us positively <laughs> lucky giddy, we got them, if you will. Ain't we lucky we got them? Good times. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost the. I missed the reference for a second. Yeah, you, I, I, yeah Matt, there was a little it. crossover, and I was like, "Huh? Oh, hey, you brought a pun. Yeah. I like the puns. I don't want to miss the puns." <laughs> Um, they're a lot of pun. Oh God. I, I forget you're a dad sometimes and I then am. the jokes just start coming yeah, out. Yeah, they do. It's like, oh geez. I like when my kids come oh, up to man. me and tell me bad jokes. My daughter looks at us the other day and she's like, uh, Matt, knock, knock. Yeah. Nope. 
Well, it's been so long since somebody told me a oh knock-knock joke that I just responded with, yeah. Knock-knock. So, uh, who's there? He's like, I responded the way I do at home. Knock-knock. Yeah. Yeah, what you want? Knock, Can't knock. you read the sign? No soliciting? Knock, knock. Who is it? Knock-knock. Yeah. Who's there? Broken pencil. Broken pencil who? Ah, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> that was the one your kid told you? Yeah, it was so good. I was wow. proud of her. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of pride coming off. Fantastic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, please go check out some Sonic. They've got some new stuff coming out, and they're actually going on tour this summer um, with some really cool... Delamitri, I think they're going to be with Delamitri, which yeah. we talked about this. Delamitri is huge. Like, again, considered a one-hit wonder here, massively huge band overseas, like, massive. I don't... I, it's so weird to me. I don't think people always understand uh, that concept either. So, uh, if you have a chance to go see them on tour, please do. Um like yeah, said, Jacob tour was, with the bare naked ladies. Yeah. Delamitri. Who I have seen. Uh, so they're great too. Um, and Jacob was just really, really nice guy to talk to. And we really appreciated his time. So show some love, show some support, uh, drop them, you know, Adam hit them on Twitter or something. Tell them you heard them on the show and that you really enjoyed it. That'd be great. You know, yeah. let them know that you appreciated their interview because we appreciate their interviews. Uh, yeah, so again, we're going to be at Horror Hound Weekend this weekend. Uh, if you guys can make it out, please come out, uh, support it. Great group of guys out there, uh, Nathan and Aaron, we've known for a long time. Aaron's been on the show. He did Street Trash with us. Um, fun dude. He's going to be for better on. better or worse on that one. He's going to be on another episode of Twisted Kid coming up sometime here soon. We don't know what we're going to be talking about, but that'll be video next time. So we do have the YouTube channel. We do... Uh, ask if you guys get the opportunity to go over and check it out. We do our Twisted Kids there now. Um, we talk about movies. We talk about TV shows. We talk about music videos. Pretty much anything that we think is weird or fun, and we will bullshit about it over there. Uh, so you can look up. If you go over there and do that little at handle, it's at the Mixtape Podcast, right, Matt? Is that correct? Correct. And you'll yep, be able to find Twisted Kid over there. Uh, please subscribe if you don't mind and share. We would appreciate all of that. Please subscribe That's to this show. Very special episodes. If you didn't mention that, those oh, I, are, I just those are really TV shows. Yeah. yeah, TV shows. We we oh, like to yeah, cover those yeah. very special episodes of a show, and you know, you know, we uh, do it in the way yeah. only we can. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, hey, if if anybody's in the Cincinnati area and you want to do something cool. Uh, why don't you reach out yeah. to us? We'll hook you up with our man, Kev, over here. Kevin does really cool tours of the city. We don't really talk about that much, but he yeah. um, works part-time for an organization. and uh, Yes, uh, with American Legacy Tours. American Legacy Tours. And he gives uh, tours throughout the city, different types of tours. Some of them mm-hmm. talk about the different breweries and the and the stuff that went on here in in Cincinnati. Sometimes he might take you down inside a crypt and talk about creepy shit. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. Ooh. It's it's good time. Uh, which is what you would expect from me, but Kevin does it for a living. Yeah, he'll take so, you. They, they yeah. depending on which tour you get to go on, you might get to go down in this giant Catholic church, and then they take you in the basement where you're like looking at all these crypts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. It's, and uh, show you where the bodies are buried. Yeah, very it's, creepy. It's yeah. a really cool time, and uh, we I've went on a couple of them with Kevin. One, 
with Kevin, like I've been on a couple with Kevin, like where we've just mm-hmm. with other tour guides, and then Kevin's giving us a little personal tour of some stuff here and there. So it's been a good time. So we don't really talk about it on the show, but if you guys are in the Cincinnati area and looking for something cool to do, uh, and you need more information, just hook us up or hook up with us, and we'll we'll hook you up with Kev. But American Legacy Tours is where you can find out more about that. Not a sponsor. Kev just works for him part time, and he does it because he likes it. It isn't. I mean, he needs money, so if you guys can send lots of money, lots of it, that'd be great. Yeah. But no, it's for yeah, the love of the Make it rain, game. you know. It's for the yeah, love. Make of it the rain game. on on Kevin. Yeah. Uh, he he can't stand the rain outside his window, but he can stand the rain when it's in the form of change and dollar bills. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're yeah. gonna have to wrap this episode up soon because Kevin's got to go. So who's got the keys yeah, to the Jeep? I... Beep, God, beep. Damn it. God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, beep, beep. Kevin, you will always be my super duper fly. Uh, thank you. <laughs> can we Go get freaky tonight? Missy, hey, Kevin, can we get freaky tonight? With me? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of busy. I, it was, I was like, wow, I'm flattered. But it, was, also, it was a lot of hesitation. It was one of those, I want to say no, but it's been a while, so maybe? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Guys, before we do let you go, uh, we've got some great episodes coming up. Um, I did, we did mention on the last one. Uh, if you guys want to get with us on social media and tell us uh, some cartoon theme songs uh, from 2003 all the way down to 1970, it doesn't matter. Some cartoon song in there that was extra special to you, or you think is one of the top ones, besides the ones we talked about, we're going to put together an episode with your choices on it. So. They stopped making cartoons in 2003, so nothing Shut after that. So. Yeah, nothing. You know the rules of the show. <laughs> Quit being a dildo. I do. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, Matt. When you're here in person, I'm going to, like, punch you in the nuts. <laughs> Probably. I'm saving up all my punches. It's going to be one punch. Yeah. Right one punch. to the nuts. Uh, no, seriously, though, if you guys want to grab us on social media and let us know we're putting together an episode that's going to be listener choices, all listener choices. But we do uh, playlists for the show, and those are on Spotify, and we do listener playlists for every episode where we get listener feedback. And so those are available, too, and those are soon going to be on the website, so you'll be able to go over and click on and go right to those playlists, which is cool. Uh, because some of our upcoming episodes, I'm going to tell you right now, one of our upcoming episodes, for example probably next week's episode as it were is uh probably one of my favorite playlists that this show has ever put together and i'm super looking forward to it so and we have a lot of listener feedback for that one as well so worth listening to is what we're saying worth listening to so yes very much what else guys what else what else do we need to say before we let these people go let Hmm. my people go two words one phrase Fuck off. You know what it is. <laughs> wow. Ouch. That was a that was a way for me to help you wrap it up, but Oh no, I, I, man, I was, went somewhere totally different. I was teaching yeah. the listeners at home what to say to people who pissed them off. You know, it's funny, I taught my kids. Did I ever tell you about the time I sat down with my kids and I said, All right, this was like a year or two ago, probably about two years ago. So this is the kind of dad I am. I just want to fuck you up. I sit down with my kid. I said, listen, if anybody's ever picking on you, making fun of you, talking shit, I'm going to teach you three magic words. And no matter what they say, no matter how many times I say it, I want you to repeat these words over and over again. 
Somebody starts shit with you, look at them and go, <clears throat> lick my balls. And my daughter's like, what? I said, trust me, lick my balls. Just do it. And if they look at you and say, oh, fuck you, go lick my balls. And if they go, can you say anything else? Go lick my balls. <laughs> and if they go, dude, I knew it. You, you, wanna, you want me to lick your balls? Go lick my balls. <laughs> I was like, the more you say it, the more everybody else around you is going to fucking laugh. And those guys are going to look like dumbasses. So just keep telling them to lick yeah. your balls. You can occasionally slip in a lick them. <laughs> just do it. So that's the kind of just dad get, I am. Don't get stuck in a loop where that becomes the only thing you ever say ever again. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, you keep doing that face. You're going to, it's going to freeze there. And then my balls, you know, like my balls, like my balls, yeah. like my balls. <laughs> becomes a weird Tourette's tick. Yeah, like when you're about to get married and the uh, yeah. you know priest or judge. You do, know, you? Asks, do, do like you? Like my balls. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. You say, look my balls. Or yeah. worse, you're at, balls. Some, you're at somebody's wedding and they're like, does anybody here have any reason? Lick my balls. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've been to a lot of weddings. They've never said that. Never have yeah. they said, does anybody here have any reason why these two should not be wed? Uh, well, you're going fact. to the wrong weddings. Yeah, yeah, you, you're not going to enough to have like you know shotguns. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as a, as an ordained minister, I will say this: um, it's frequently left out now Brad. because they don't want people to do that. Nobody ever says stand it up anyway. and say anything. I am also yeah. ordained maticus, so yeah, <laughs> I've never performed Can't a wedding. Perform but, a wedding. Uh, but, <laughs> do what? I have. No, hmm? I haven't. What'd you say? I said you couldn't perform your own wedding. That would be weird. I should have tried that. You would need yeah, some gloves. Yeah. You almost performed It's probably my highly illegal. Matt yeah, almost performed almost. my wedding. Well, we just almost. decided like it, he, he was greed. It was just like he was flying out to it. It just became too much. It's like, well, why don't you just come be at my yeah, wedding? Yeah, come in as a Enjoy it with us. So Dress like, like okay. an idiot. Yeah, but I let you. Enjoy He's, the slide whistle. I told him he could wear whatever outfit yeah. he wanted, and boy, did he. So, Yes, I did. All right, guys. There are two magic words we do like to say to close this show out, something that we tell you guys every week because we mean it, because we love you guys, and because it should happen. So I want you to hear me out. Until we have the opportunity to speak to you guys again, remember to always stay awesome. Stay awesome. I left a fucking gap a mile long. You guys still. It's like you don't say it until you hear me go. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. Remember Closing to always. Time, <laughs> start the Closing time. Turn all of the all right, lights so on we'll over every boy and every girl. Closing time. Turn all of the Last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We got I know who wants to take me home. Time for you to go out to the place.
places you will be from Closing time This room won't be open Tell your brothers or your sisters come So gather up your jackets Move it to the exits I hope you have found a friend Closing time Every new beginning Comes from some other beginnings And yeah I know who I want To take me home I know who I want To take me home I know who I want To take me home Take me Some other people